Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at in today's show. Show 77. Use your TV cabling for high-speed broadband. Our first look at the new Raspberry Pi. Climb aboard, frequency cast is about to enter orbit. A gel-based speaker to make you go wow. Plus, smart meters, firewire and podcast apps. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. Headline time starting off with tablet news. There were three big announcements last month. First off, Microsoft has announced the Microsoft Surface, a Wi-Fi-only tablet running Windows 8. No prices or dates as yet. Secondly, updates to the iPad OS have been announced. More on that later in the show. But the more interesting story is Google's first tablet, the Google Nexus 7, made by Asus and running the Android Jelly Bean operating system. Available mid-July, this is one to watch. BT Vision News now. Content from the National Geographic channel has been available on demand for some time, but later this year, two real-time Nat Geo channels will be available to BT Vision customers. Also, footy fans note that BT Vision has won the rights to broadcast 38 Premier League games per season from 2013, meaning that matches not shown by Sky will be available on BT and not ESPN. Some mobile news now. Virgin has done something clever. Their new Premiere plan offers unlimited data, unlimited texts and unlimited calls to UK landlines for £26 a month. Handy for smartphone users, but that's not the clever bit. They're also bundling in free mobile phone insurance, including 24-hour guaranteed handset replacement in the UK and over-the-air backup. Link on our show notes. Next, some good news for TomTom users. Over 60 million TomTom satnavs will now be able to get daily map updates. TomTom MapShare has 21 million users worldwide, and daily updates of road changes reported by users can be added to your device to make it as up-to-date as possible. On the subject of satnavs, if you have a smartphone, don't forget to give the free Waze app a try, as this offers live data from other Waze users in real time. Next, do you listen to FrequencyCast as a podcast? Well, Apple has just released a dedicated podcast app for iOS. It's received something of a mixed reaction, but it's there, it's free, and it may encourage more people to try podcasts. The app also lets you tweet about your favourite shows and has a retro, reel-to-reel tape machine feel, free from the App Store. Some other snippets. Scion, remember them? Makers of those classic electronic organisers from 1984 to the early 2000s. Well, they've just been bought by comms giant Motorola. Nintendo's 3DS XL is set to launch on the 28th of July with a screen that's 90% larger than the current 3D gaming console. It looks like Microsoft's new operating system, Windows 8, won't support playback of DVD and Blu-rays unless you pay for an add-on. Shocking. Next, Olympics? There's an app for that. The official London 2012 app is now available for Android and Apple. And finally, a wearable version of Google is just 18 months away. 
Last month, Google announced a clever set of glasses. They're internet-enabled and have a small screen positioned in the top right of the right eye. There's no price yet other than the note that they'll cost more than a smartphone. The Google goggles also have a front-facing camera, so you can record everything you see. Now, that could be fun. Thanks, Pete. For more on these stories, visit frequencycast.co.uk slash news. Time for the main part of the show, and once again I'm joined by Kelly. Hi Pete. Now you joined us for the last show, show 76, and that was your first time co-presenting FrequencyCast. How did you find it? Incredibly nervous actually. Well you sounded great and we had some very positive feedback from our audience. Regular listeners will know that once a year we do an audience survey where we ask uh, a bunch of questions just to find out who's listening to the show and what they think. We put up the survey after the last show and we had some very interesting feedback. The first question we asked is how people actually listen to our show, whether it's on the move or at work or at home. Now Kelly, how do you listen to our show? I tend to listen via my PC or my iPad actually. Okay now surprisingly 44% of our listeners listen to us on an MP3 player. We actually thought it would be smartphones but it was MP3 player that came out first. I would have suspected smartphone as the main way of listening. Really a MP3 player. So there's people walking around plugged in listening to us as we talk away. Just uh, be careful when you're crossing the road won't you? The second most popular was desktop computer as you listen to us And the third was smartphone, which was a bit surprising. The other interesting question we asked was what type of mobile phone our listeners have. Now you're sitting there with a rather unusually coloured mobile phone, and it's one we don't normally talk about on the show. My purple Blackberry? Go on then, I've got to ask, why a Blackberry as opposed to something like the iPhone or an Android? I tend to find a lot of people work-wise use Blackberries. It's just easier for me to communicate with people while I'm travelling the world and working. So it's all about mobile email for you then, is it? It is all about mobile email and BBM. BBM? Yep, instant messenger for Blackberries. Ah, you're trying to teach me a thing or two there. Now, another question we asked was what our listeners think of adding a regular female voice to the show. And we had some interesting feedback. I'm going to hand this over to you, Kelly, and uh, get you to read a couple of these out for me. Okay, very interesting. Um, The first one says, Love the show in its current format. However, female additions to the show would be a welcome difference and more balanced for the ladies. Lots of female tech princesses these days. Now, Kelly, do you see yourself as a tech princess? I would love to be a tech princess. Okay, what's the next one there? The next one says, Kelly's pretty good. Don't get rid of Carl or Pete, though. And Jim's pretty fun. Yeah, I agree with the don't get rid of Pete part. That's perfect. Uh, The next one here says, I listen to your show in South Africa. I like the new voices that have come out over the last few months. And the next one here says, it's about content and not adding token women. Ooh, are you going to object to that? I am going to object to that. I don't like being in as a token woman. To be honest, I think at times you or Carl are more of the token woman. Well, of course, we do have the token cat as well, our frequency cat. And uh, you've got a cat as well that we gave a plug to in the last show. I do, Murph. And you have another cat. Yes, Ginge. Ginge. Now, Susie Perry, gadget goddess, also has a cat called Ginge. Did you know that? I did not know that. But of course, every tech princess would have a ginger cat called Ginge. Hi, this is Susie Perry and you're listening to Frequency Cast, the UK TV and tech podcast. There you go. Uh, this was a good one. Rob Dixon says, I love the idea of having girls on, but a girl that's never heard of a maglite. Shocking. What reason would I have to use a maglite? <laughs> and Mark Davis says, loving the upgrade to Kelly 1.0. Any chance of a competition to win her phone number? Well, Mark Davis, it's your lucky day. My number is 07882 043 521. 
And sorry to disappoint you, Mark, but that, of course, is our text line number. Do drop a message to Kelly, though, if you want via text, and we'll be sure to pass it on. And uh, what's the last one here, Kelly? The last one says, I think it's great to have an occasional female co-host, but one who does more than merely introduces stories or asks leading questions to your stories. Now, how do you feel about that? Well, I'm slightly disappointed. We will definitely try to do better. Maybe a test is in order at some point. Well, funny you say that. I am actually going to test you now here. Are you ready to be challenged? I was only joking, but I guess let's go. Uh, Let's see how technically minded you are. I'm going to hand you this. And uh, what do we have a picture of there on the circuit board? A raspberry. Oh, this is a raspberry pie. Ah, absolutely. These little beasties, for the benefit of anyone listening that isn't familiar with these, $35 will get you a fully functional computer. It's actually intended for educational use, but a lot of people are using these either for uh, development or for in-home entertainment. That's actually what I'm using. I'm connecting this to my telly so I can surf the net on my telly. Now, here's the test. Lots and lots of sockets. Yes. What do we have here, please? We have our internet port, then we have two USB ports. We have a headphone and video socket, a place for an SD card, as well as a power cable and a port for HDMI. Perfect. Now, let's see if we can connect this up. There is an Ethernet lead. Uh, Plug that one in for me, please. I shall. Okay. This is the one that connects to your TV. That's the HDMI. Plug that one in for me. Hang on. Got to get round the other side here. And in. Now, this is a micro USB socket uh, for the power. Just plug that into the corner socket there, please. There you are. I'm using a wireless keyboard and mouse here. If I could get you to plug in the uh, USB dongle that powers the mouse and the keyboard. Indeed. There you go. Excellent. And the hard drive, please. There you are. Test complete. Perfect. There you go. You've wired this up. Now, of course, as I mentioned, this is a £30 computer, but you don't get the power supply, you don't get the USB cable, you don't get the keyboard, you don't get the mouse, and you don't get the SD card. So you do have to buy quite a few bits to actually get this up and running. But it is a rather impressive piece of technology. My ideal plan for this is to do something complicated with amateur radio on this as well. But for 30 quid, you can't go wrong, can you? You really can't, particularly not in schools. I think it will work really, really well with children and getting them to learn technology from a young age. What I would say, on my journey with the Raspberry Pi, two things to note. One, the technical requirement is for a 4 gig SD card. Go for at least 8 or 16 because the 4 gig is too small. And the other thing, when you've plugged it in and got it up and running for the first time, you've just got a Linux prompt. What you have to do, if you've got one of these, is type start X and the operating system starts. And very nice it is too. Fantastic. Talking of rather impressive bits of kit, in the next couple of weeks, something is going into space with your name on it. It is. I sent a message into space. And what this is, it's a satellite called the F1 CubeSat, which is being launched by a team of Vietnamese scientists from the International Space Station at the end of July. And they had, for a very short period of time, the option to get your name included in the satellite. What you had to do was fill in a form, which went over to their systems, and they copied all the messages from the public onto a micro SD card that's going to be launched into space. And you got your message on there, didn't you? Frequencycast has got one. I've got one on my personal account as well. What did you say? What one thing did you want to get beamed into space? Well, I thought it'd be quite interesting as I'm having so many issues down on Earth to send my own lonely heart sad out into space. Okay, go on then. What did you go for? Young female Princess Techie seeks fellow Martian to set up home on a new planet. I don't know what to say to that. (laughs) That's better than mine. I went with the rather boring Live Long and Prosper from Star Trek. But there you go. Well, I wish you luck in your quest. 
Thank you very much. Now, a little bit more show and tell. Uh, Kelly, can you tell me what this is? It is quite small, probably the size of a wallet. It kind of looks like it should sit on top of a television. Ooh, good. What connectors do we have here? Well, we have two satellite connectors, an Ethernet connector and a power socket. They're not quite satellite connectors, although they are the the, the screw thread F-plug connectors. And this is a rather interesting bit of technology. It's called the Echo Box, and it's from Asheridge. And it's basically to overcome the problem of getting internet in different parts of your house. Now, in your home, you have the net. How is it connected generally? Well, we have Wi-Fi. We tend to have a lot of problems with our Wi-Fi, to be honest. Um, We don't know whether it's the area, but we tend to lose internet connection quite a lot throughout the day, particularly in different rooms. And there are some other problems with Wi-Fi in that you can't necessarily get it in all the parts of the house. There are some other solutions out there. One is obviously running internet cables throughout your house, which is not practical. You won't be doing that, will you? No, absolutely not. The other one is these things called power line adapters. Have you heard of those? Yes, I've heard of power line adapters. This is a rather unusual alternative, and this uses your home's TV aerial cabling to get the internet. Interested? Yes, but still quite dubious. Go on. Okay. Well, we spoke to Jason from Asheridge a couple of days ago to find out why someone would need one of these echo boxes when we have things like cables, power line adapters, and Wi-Fi. The key benefit of the the Echo Box solution really is speed and reliability. I'm sure most of the listeners at some point have suffered with Wi-Fi when it drops out or you can't get a signal and connection. Largely that's because of external Wi-Fi interference and also the homes we have now have all sorts of foil-lined plasterboard, etc. for eco purposes. All of that is reducing the Wi-Fi signal. And Wi-Fi is a good signal when you're surfing the web and checking your emails, but it wasn't ever really designed for distributing and streaming HD video, whereas Echo Box was designed from the ground up with that purpose in mind. So it doesn't get affected by outside interference. So really it's speed and reliability to give you a nice, smooth streaming video around your home. Presumably you're aiming at the smart TV user or maybe the gaming user where they've already got a TV socket where they need their internet to be. Would that be fair? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, As you mentioned in the lead into this, obviously you don't always want to start running Ethernet cables up and down your stairs and tripping over them. If your house already has a perfectly good shielded interference-free cable network uh, and it's running to the actual point where you want to use your devices, then it makes a lot of sense to uh, utilise what is already there. And just to confirm, we are talking about TV aerials that we just use to plug into our tellies and watch Freeview. Yes, that's correct. Just the ordinary cable which comes down from your roof aerial and uh, connects all of the existing TV points in your home, yes. Okay, silly question. Do you have to have the echo box plugged in at the main point that the aerial comes in or can you just plug it into any TV aerial socket anywhere in the house? No, you plug it in anywhere at the chain. Typically where the aerial cable comes out of your wall, you would uh, plug that into the back of the echo box and the accessory kit supplied with it then gives you a cable to plug into the existing TV. So all it's doing is actually just passing the TV aerial signal through and then adding the Ethernet traffic to it. So um, it's completely transparent as far as the television is concerned. Now, I've been using this for three or four weeks just to put the product through its paces, and I'm actually using it not directly connected to the main router and not connected to the main aerial point. What I'm doing is I'm using the Echo Box to give me internet for my little Raspberry Pi, which is connected to my HD TV. Now, I know a lot of people have got aerial cabling in their home that isn't really up to scratch, dodgy connectors and splitters and whatever else. And given that we've got this 4G network coming along soon, that's meant to be interfering with Freeview. Is there a danger of getting interference into the Echo Box or something causing the Echo Box to to upset your telly? 
there are no real limitations. The uh, Ethernet signal which the Echo Box is sending sits in a, an unused frequency space, which is above normal terrestrial television. Um, is separate in a separate space from the 4G LTE signals, etc. So there's nothing else competing for that space. Likewise, it can also be used on cable TV networks as well. Because it's using shielded coax, then you know, there are no problems in that respect. Okay, what about the security aspect of this? Is there any danger of your neighbours being able to get into your internet using this system? No, it's, it is very, very secure indeed, unlike the other Wi-Fi and uh, power line mediums, which obviously leak to neighbours potentially. This is staying within a closed cable loop within your home, and the signal power obviously involved within this stops it from uh, being retransmitted out of TV aerials, etc. So no, it's a, a very secure way of doing data. Okay, Jason, now here's a question for you. We have several amateur radio operators that listen to frequency cards and there's been a lot of controversy with these power line adapters, these things that use the home's mains wiring to send data around the home. Now, one of the things that these power line adapter or home plugs does is turn your home into a transmitter and cause interference with shortwave and HF. Is this something that the Echo Box is going to do as well or is this more of a friendly product? There is no problem like that, no, because the coax cable is shielded both to prevent, obviously, outside signals coming in and the shield, the same shielding also prevents signals leaking out again, whereas the mains cable in your home is just raw copper uh, with a plastic insulator around it. So, as you say, it's acting purely as an aerial. Well, that's good news. So to all the amateur radio listeners out there, tell your neighbours to get themselves an echo box. Now, talking about the home networking side of things, what kind of uh, data throughput, what speeds can we expect from this product? We've done quite extensive testing in domestic homes, and you can see this on our website. We've trialled echo box against N series Wi-Fi and also home plug and our average over about 100 homes we were getting 136 megabits per second across a, a network of echo boxes compare that with 10 to 40 megabits per second on Wi-Fi and about 30 to 40 on home plug so its benefits really really shine through when you look at the actual data rates that you're getting. Okay thanks for that now perhaps you can help us here Jason we had a listener question in recently from an Andy Radker he says that he has a barn connected to his house and he's trying to get internet to it now it's out of range of Wi-Fi and he was actually asking us if the power line adapter can help out but thinking about it would the echo box be a better solution than power line for Andy? Yes indeed the echo box would be very good at that because of the signal strength that it has then uh, you could be good for up to 200 meters running point to point it doesn't have to be on a network you can just connect an echo box at either end connect one end to the router and the other end into the barn and uh, yes it would provide a, a very good reliable solution for him okay so if andy or any of our other listeners want to get hold of an echo box where would they find them uh, we have our own website which is uh, ethernet over coax.co.uk and then on there we've uh, listed all of the current uh, web-based and retail-based outlets where people can purchase them Thanks to Jason Dando from Asheridge Communications for telling us all about the Echo Box. And you can find a longer version of that interview up on our website. The address is www.frequencycast.co.uk Have mercy! This is the Emperor Roscoe in Los Angeles, enjoying TV and tech news right here. It's Frequency Cast. What a blast! Now, just before we move on to our next story, I just want to go back to our listener survey where we were talking about the mobile phones that our listeners use. Now, Kelly here is using a BlackBerry. Only 7% of our listeners are BlackBerry users. None of our listeners reported using a Windows smartphone. And oddly, a quarter of our listeners use a basic non-smartphone, much as our own Carl does. Now, of course, the big question is iPhone versus Android. Always a hot one for us. And according to the feedback from our audience, Android smartphones, 29%. iPhone, just 18%. 
So there you go. Most of our listeners are toting an Android smartphone. Well done to you. Android listeners, you might want to close your ears for the next couple of minutes because we're going to talk about an important announcement from Apple that happened last month. Now, Kelly, what was that? They announced the iOS 6. They did indeed. And of course, that's the update to the iPhone, iPad and iPod Touch operating system. And it had some rather mixed reactions from the Apple fanboys out there. First off, Apple's making some changes to Maps. Out goes Google Maps, and in comes turn-by-turn navigation, courtesy of TomTom. Now, Kelly, you're an iPad user, aren't you? Do you uh, use Google Maps on your iPad? I use Maps all the time on the iPad. How do you feel about losing Google? Quite devastated, actually. Very, very upset that... Well, will we have Street View anymore? Yeah, good question. I don't know the answer to that one. We do get a free sat-nav, but the mapping is going to be quite different, and I'm not entirely sure I'm looking forward to that. No, I don't, I don't even think it's necessary. Most cars have TomToms built in now, so if you were using your iPad, there's no reason for it. I just want Google Maps. I'm sure it'll be available as an app from the App Store. You never know. The next change affects our friend Siri. I'm Siri and I listen to Frequency Cast. Now, he is going to be getting some interesting additions, sports and restaurants. So you can find your local restaurant and also get sports scores by talking to your iPhone or iPad. Well, now this I quite like, actually, because I'm often kind of looking for restaurants and different bits and pieces when I find myself out and about. So this is perfect. And of course, what we're hoping is this will actually be rolled out to the UK. The uh, location stuff in Siri in the UK is pretty poor. And if you try and ask it where your nearest chemist or cash machine is, it says, sorry, you're not in the US, so we can't help you so not entirely sure how this is going to work in the uk but uh, you never know and siri is coming to the ipad now of course you don't have that on your ipad 2 do you no i don't and you won't get it either because it's only for the ipad 3 oh marvelous great sorry about that the other big change is facebook integration now apple has finally cottoned on to the fact that facebook's quite a big thing well it's about time So we can expect Facebook to be integrated into the address book, the diary, and into Siri, which might be quite handy. So in theory, hands-free updates to Facebook statuses could be good. Well, that would be great. Does this also mean that Siri will tell me where I need to get to, to a party or an event that's on my Facebook calendar? That's a thought. That would help, wouldn't it? It would really, really help quite a lot, actually, so that I don't have to go through Google Maps and everything else each time I go out. Fair enough. The other thing is FaceTime, which is, of course, the video conferencing that comes with the Apple products. Do you use that by any chance? I actually don't use FaceTime that much. Any conference calls we do is usually via Skype. Okay. Well, the video service FaceTime is going to be available over the mobile phone network. Personally, I don't know anyone that's ever used it or anyone that seems to want to use it because there are other alternatives out there, as you say. And the other one here is incoming calls. The ability to divert incoming calls straight to voicemail or press a button so it sends a text message saying, go away, I'm busy. I'm quite certain I could have done that on my 3210. Yeah. This is Apple finally playing catch up and you divert an incoming voice call to uh, voicemail. Yeah, my old phone could do that 10 years ago. So uh, well done, Apple, for finally catching up. Woohoo! Right, time to talk portable audio now. Carl has been out and about for us, and he caught up with Andy to tell us about his rather impressive product, the Wowie Speaker, which is about the size of a mobile phone. Whereas a normal uh, speaker resonates an ear as a cone, this sits in gel. Because it sits in gel, it uses half the amount of energy. So that's why we get 20 hours playtime out of a half hour charge. Fantastic. The technology sounds brilliant. What's the output of this thing? There's a 20 watt driver inside there. Okay, let's have a quick listen to this. So as you can see, just holding it up. It sounds like a normal speaker, 
And then when you put it onto a surface, a work surface, well, we've got a display unit here, which is made out of cardboard, so a cardboard box, you get a completely different sound. Yeah, you can definitely hear the transfer of energy through the gel base. So tell me more about this product. This is your latest product, is it not? The Wow E1. This was the Slim. And as you can see, the reason it's called Slim is it's no thicker than probably uh, half an inch thick. So it's very pocketable. Doesn't look like a speaker. And that's half the issue we have, or half the challenge we have, is educating the masses to say, because speakers are usually big, bold and round or square, these are flat and thin and easily pocketable. And that's the idea of the product. Uh, what's this next one we've got? The Wowie One Pro, is this that right? This is our Bluetooth, which has been released now. Uh, what we've got is, is more or less the same sort of size as the uh, Wowie One. It's a little bit thicker, and it's got a, a little sexy curve to it, I noticed as well. And the nice characteristic features of this, it has uh, 12 hours playtime if you don't use the Bluetooth. That's reduced if you're using Bluetooth all the time because it uses a bit of power to about 10 hours, still with a half hour charge. But one of the added features in this, there's a built-in microphone because it can be used as a hands-free for in-car and also has number recognition. So what it will do is if you have an incoming call, it'll stop the music, it'll tell you you've got an incoming call, read the number out, you can either answer it or forget it. When you finish the call, it'll go back to the, what it was doing before. These things just slip in your pocket like extra mobile phones. Very easy to carry on. That's one of the things that uh, all the products that are coming out of Huawei are all pocketable. The next generation is a uh, laser projector, the same size as an iPhone. The whole philosophy of Huawei is to bring uh, small, portable, compact, technical products to the consumer at a very cheap price. More details of the Wowie One speakers at our website, frequencycast.co.uk. Frequencycast, now loading. Interaction. It's always good to get our listeners to read out your questions and feedback, and I was out and about a couple of weeks ago in a reproduction of an old Marconi ship's radio room, where I was talking to my amateur radio colleague Tom, whose call sign is... Two Echo Zero, Tango November Charlie. And Tom very kindly read out our first piece of feedback. It's uh, from Stephen Wilton. Since the switchover at the Crystal Palace transmitter, the reception is just so much better, with no breakup, especially on Pick TV and Dave. Just recently, a new channel has appeared called Travel TV. Don't know when it will broadcast, though. Cheers, Tom. Before I answer that, here's another ham, Luke, whose call sign is... Mike Six, Lima November Tango. To say the word marvellous for us. Marvellous. I needed that. Okay, to Stephen's question, Travel TV is on Freeview 106. It's a channel owned by the Daily Mail, and we understand it's a digital text service offering holidays, probably just like the Teletext Holidays channel. Now you know. Thanks, Pete. Now, here's a podline call. Hello, Frequency Cast. It's John calling from Colchester in Essex. I just brought myself a Sapphire Pro 14 audio interface and I'm getting the uh, Pro 14 home. I discovered that it's Firewire. My laptop doesn't support Firewire. I was wondering, is there a way that I can convert my current laptop so it can support Firewire or do I need to buy a completely new laptop? Tricky. Well, if your laptop has an express card socket, you can get a Firewire adapter to add a Firewire port. Otherwise, there's no easy option, I'm afraid. The USB and Firewire protocols are too different for there to be a converter readily available. If anyone listening can think of a workaround, please let us know. Kelly, what's next? JCB Digger says, How about telling your listeners about Pocket Casts, a handy app for listening to podcasts on Android? Consider it done. Now, in the last show, we talked about British gas smart meters and electric cars, and we had a few bits of feedback. This is Wayne from London. I am totally blind. Two questions. One, the electric car should have noise so that people know it's a car. 
and blind people can hear it. And two, the meters, it would be good if they had a voice on them as well so that blind people, partially sighted or elderly, could also get the benefit of using meters. Thanks, Wayne. Two interesting points, and we'll be sure to pass those along to British Gas. Ian Armstrong says, I don't understand how these smart meters will ever help consumers save an appreciable amount on their energy bills. What will a smart meter do? I'm sure they will measure a vampire drain in the night, but really, how much is the usage as a percentage of the overall 24-hour electricity usage? Not much, I suspect. I can't help feel that people are being seriously missold on these devices. Well, Ian, I'm not sure I agree with you on this one. My feeling is that the only way us consumers can learn about energy and how to save it is using data. Here's a quick extract of our interview with Paul from British Gas, recorded at the Ideal Home Show, explaining what these meters do. It gives you the full picture uh, and explains in pounds and pence, as I say, how customers are using their electricity when they use it as well. So it captures uh, a a meter read every 30 minutes, so it gives a a whole new uh, level of understanding for customers. And you can then use that information to help them understand how they use energy, how they can do things a bit differently, and uh, change their behaviour and save some real money. For me, being able to see just how much it costs to run a dishwasher or a washing machine on a half load would make me rethink my behaviour. Similarly, when it's cold, how many of us have the heating come on in the morning to heat every room in the house, even though we only use a couple of rooms in the morning? For me, understanding what I'm using, or rather wasting, is the only way I'll learn and change my behaviour. How much can we save though? Well, a pilot scheme demonstrated that smart meters offered an average saving of between 2 and 4%, but with other simple changes, a 10% saving in your gas and electric is doable. Got any thoughts on smart meters? Have your say. That's all the questions for this show. If you want us to have a crack at your questions on the next show, here's how to get in touch with us. You can leave us a voicemail by calling 0208 133 4567. You can also email us via our site or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter. If you're listening to us on a smartphone, text us now on 07882 043 521. Please do, and hopefully we can include your feedback in the next show, Show 78. Just before we go, we'd like to let you know that we've just completed the setup of a frequency cast Amazon store. On there, you'll find links to many of the products we've covered recently. You can find this at frequencycast.co.uk forward slash Amazon. And if you buy from there, you'll be doing us a favour. Thank you very much. Frequency cast. Shutdown in progress. Thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast. For news updates and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Frequency Cast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast.